The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Repack presented by Acme Packing Company. I'm Justice Mosqueda. I'm joined here by Evan Tex Western. Say what's up, people, Tex. What's up, everybody? Justice, we did it. The Packers won this year's Super Bowl. We did not get beaten by Mike McCarthy in his return. It was a good day. I feel like it should have. <laughs> the, the wind feels great. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to be called a hater, but. I feel like it it would have been sweeter if this team was better coming into it. Like you would have felt like you, because there were times in this game, this game felt lost, right? Like after, after the fumble and it felt like the Cowboys were going to go up another score. It felt like that was, that was going to be it. And then they, they rallied re Ford who everyone's been calling to get more playing time. And everyone's been saying move Savage to the slot, all that stuff. Ended up working out pretty well. Reed Ford got two interceptions. Savage just blitzing all night from the nickel yep. slot. Um, what other changes did we have? Mario Rogers after he muffed a punt, he got oh replaced by Nixon. Lafleur <laughs> after the game wouldn't commit to him not being the punt returner long term. We we've only we've seen him bench before, but it was for Randall Cobb right before Randall Cobb got hurt. Well, so, and if Cobb is Cobb's eligible to come back this week, so who knows if he's if he's ready to go off of IR, that might be the move. And it, by all indications, it sounds like he is going to be yeah. ready to come off of IR. Um, I know Rodgers has talked about it. Uh, I think he spoke, I think it was this week with McAfee. He mentioned it and was like, Cobb's ready to go right now. Like, if he was not on the injured reserve list, like, he'd be playing. So, nice. Um, sounds like he's going to come back. I don't know what that means in terms of the roster spots because uh, Stokes already got placed on injured reserve. Um, Bellantine, the cornerback and return man who I think probably got some special team snaps, but I'm not totally sure. He wasn't out there as a return man, um, got elevated up or, or got promoted up. So something to watch. I mean, they're just moving bodies around like crazy. Yeah. I think in, in this game, the only healthy scratches were the three rookies, the two tackles, and then uh, Jonathan Ford, who almost was a guy that you would want to have available in the game with the two uh, defensive line injuries that they had, but they, neither of them seemed too serious. It was just Wyatt was out for a while, and then uh, who was the other? Was it Reed? Reed, I, I think, went Reed. down late. Yeah, Reed. So, Reed made a big play. He at did the end of the game for the pressure on Dak Prescott that kind of forced the weird throw away when he was going to the ground. That was probably Reed's best play of the season so far, and it couldn't have been what? more timely. And that was a crazy play. Um, you've got a Dallas going for it on what fourth and four in overtime from the 35 yard line when they've got a kicker with a big leg. Um, that one felt like a surprise to me. I, I know McCarthy has been a little more aggressive, you know, in these last couple of years in Dallas than, than he was for, for much of his time in Green Bay, but that one still caught me off guard. I thought for sure that, you know, he was going to send Mar out there and, and try to, you know, hit a 50 yard field goal and take some points. So obviously we're worked out for us. I'm not going to complain, but um, yeah, that one just, that, that one surprised me. Yeah. And Roger says that he, he wanted to be aggressive in that situation too, talking about, you know, his shoes and Dallas's spot. Right. Yep. Um, he was saying that, you know, a, a field goal doesn't get you a win. So you might as well go for it at that point, which uh, maybe, I don't know. How do you yeah. feel about the end of regulation? <sighs> Because obviously, you know, Rodgers blew up on the sideline. They talked about it after the game. He basically said, so LaFleur, the way LaFleur made it sound was they sent in. Okay, this is the best way to explain. When the Packers go under center, right, they have their whole can system, which is 
you call in two plays, one's a run, one's a play action pass for the most part, right? You make them look the same and stuff. And if the play action is open, you take the play action. If not, you just run it, right? And then yeah. when they're in the gun, they have all these package RPOs and stuff like that. So when they're calling in a run, you already have answers in the passing game if, you know, you didn't call the run play into the right look, right? Um, the way they made it sound was Rodgers really wanted to be more aggressive there and he wanted to take a couple shot plays because they were getting – I think the Packers uh, next gen stats tweeted in the fourth quarter. It was something like 89% of their passes had come against cover one in that game, which was the highest in any game since 2018, which is when they started tracking this stuff. I know. um, I think at the start of the fourth quarter, all but one of the plays that they had thrown to were cover one to put that in perspective. And it was the, uh, what was it? The Demarcus Lawrence strip sack or whatever that was. That was that was the one play that they played in cover three. I got I got that from my buddy Keegan, who's at Next Gen Stats and all that stuff. So um, it sounded like Rodgers wanted to take more advantage of kind of those man beaters that they had. Right, cover one is just man with a post safety basically. Um, so I guess that's where the disconnect is. But Dallas had three timeouts. We saw what the Packers defense looked like at the end of the first half, where they were just playing way too soft. Let them drive down the field. We saw Mason Crosby miss that fifty-three yard or fifty-four yarder that yeah. was beyond his kicking range, apparently, based off of what the broadcast said, <sighs> where he was kicking from in pregame. Like all those things. In fact, I I understand Rodgers. You want to be aggressive, all that stuff. We only got to go thirty yards to get into field goal range and win in regulation, all that. But like, I did not trust the defense in that situation. In fact. I would have called a run on third down. I would have made him <laughs> use that timeout. I think what the Packers even – I think they even called a timeout on third down to not use the entire clock, if I if I remember correctly. Maybe yeah, I think I think that it was it was the two runs, and then they ran the clock down until about 30 seconds left and then called their called their first or second timeout yeah. um, with about 30 seconds left. I, I agree. I think at that point – I would have was run- arguing with me. He's like, you have good Aaron Rodgers. Go down and play football. And I'm like – I would have been petrified. I would have been a petrified, scared little baby, <laughs> and you wouldn't have been able to do anything about it. I would have given them the ball with like fifteen seconds left max. I would have made them use those timeouts. Well, and again, the Packers you know, were were gashing Dallas's defense in the run all game long. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that the Packers would have picked up that first down if they, you know, if they had had, had run the ball. And then you, okay, you use your timeout. You've got 25 seconds left and at least one timeout left, I think, at that point. Then you take a couple shots at that point, knowing that you're going to run, you know, run some more clock down and, you know, you've got one more, one more timeout to, to burn and, you know, maybe enough time to get a, a spike in there if you need one. So that's, I, that's probably what I would have done. I, I, I don't mind the two runs on first and second down, given the clock situation, given field position, given that Dallas has all three, all three timeouts. But, but yeah, you, if you get stopped, you force a timeout. If you, if you're running on third down and if you pick up that first down, then you use your second and, you know, then, then try to take some shots. The one thing that did kind of suck about that play is, in my opinion, was not necessarily, the the look if you want to try to convert and you think the best way to convert is throwing like be my guest keep trying to move the chains don't give them the ball back that's what i'm trying to avoid right <laughs> my my yeah. entire process is i want to avoid them getting the ball back so if you think that's the best way to go about it do it the one thing that sucked is they called a play action pass that had two routes down the field yeah <laughs> and that middle of the field because those guys are in man right so like if if you're in man coverage you're covering the tight end or the running back and they just never go out right in the route you become a free player and if you watch that that play again it's like four dudes on i think it's watson's running the drag and then like watkins is like running it over over top of them and it's just completely clouded up and i understand why rogers is pissed i mean he held the ball for a good three seconds after the ball probably should have been out in terms of the way the play was designed and there's just no one open. And it's only because three guys or two guys are out in the route and one of them's like yeah. triple covered. So I, I don't know, just like run one of the gun RPOs in that spot. And just like, at the very least, the the clock is going to keep moving. Yeah. The, the play that I think of is, is the big one to Lazard in overtime they used on third and one. You could have done that same thing, you know, at the end of regulation and, um, you know, had a similar result and, and potentially gotten the, gotten the W in, in regulation instead. So, um, glad they broke it out and, and Lazard toasted his guy off the line in, in overtime. Uh, cause that was a, obviously a huge play and, and got the, got the team right into field goal range. 
But um, yeah, that that feels like that would have been the call at on that that third and short in regulation, right? Right. I think that makes more sense. I think those shot plays, those are ones you run in. I mean, I guess it was running downs, but like not in two two minute drill. <laughs> that right. it doesn't feel like a two minute drill play. Yeah. Um, Dallas was out a lot of guys on the defensive side by the end of it. I mean, so they had Anthony Barr just didn't play, right? He's been banged up. He was missed all practice all week. Um, Lane Vanderash was dealing with something pretty clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was hurting him. And then Anthony Brown ended up going out with a concussion. He was the guy who was in coverage on uh, Christian Watson on that first touchdown. Um, so he had to get replaced by Kelvin Joseph, who was, if you guys don't remember Kelvin Joseph, Kelvin Joseph was the guy who was like – allegedly uh, the the getaway driver in, in a shooting that one year it was like right after he got drafted out of kentucky he he's that guy so oh man i forgot about that yeah i, I just i was like who the heck is that joseph guy and i was like kelvin jo- oh that's oh that's that guy they identified and identified him by his chain which is oh man <laughs> un, un, try not to do that kids <laughs> don't do that at home um game was kind of weird ramiz ahmed Made his debut. He was doing kickoffs yeah. for Mason Crosby, which a lot of us have kind of been calling for anyway. I was looking at, I think it was before the Detroit Lions game. I was like doing a weird deep dive in the stats because Basaccia said, you know, they have one of the best, you know, special teams units just in terms of like the kicker and punter. You know, they're mm-hmm. really good there. So I was looking at some of the stats. It's like laughable how low Mason Crosby's <laughs> touchback percentage is compared to these other guys. Like there are teams that have like two returned kickoffs this year. Mason Crosby's doing that every game, and the Packers aren't even scoring that much, right? So um, yeah. Crosby was dealing with the back. Uh, could have been a factor on that 54-yarder, which is just a crazy ballsy call by them in the first place. I, I still – if you're going to kick that field goal, why do you put your your old 40-year-old kicker with a bad back out there to take it in you know, in Lambeau where you know wins are me. wonky? You know, send send the the spry 25-year-old with a big leg and let him give it a shot. I, I – that – that one blew my mind too. Are are we at I don't think we are, but are we at any chance of a I mean, no, Crosby just hit a game winner. Never mind. I was gonna say <laughs> kicking controversy. And I was like, no, I'm enough. No. I, I, as as yeah. much as we would maybe like a little more umph on that foot, I don't think it's gonna happen. Between him just all the things with Aaron and they yeah. just walk I just remember uh, the video of Jaw walking off of the field with him, just taking a video with him on the Packers Twitter account and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, nah, the one the one that worried me, I think, the most was I think it was on the, the first touchdown of the fourth quarter. His PAT just like that one looked wonky and, and just kind of barely squibbed over and, and through the uprights. I thought he missed it at first. Um, so, so that one had me a little bit worried, but, uh, yeah, I was at least happy to see them, you know, in overtime, get the ball inside of PAT range and, and make it an even shorter, uh, shorter kick than that. Cause that one had me freaking out a little bit, uh, down the stretch. I don't know if Ahmed got credit for the tackle, but the one that they, the, the kickoff that they almost, I, they were like a couple tackles away, I guess, from, from a scoring. Was that the tackles. opening kick? Was it? It was either the first or second. I know it was okay. really early on, but yeah, yeah, Ahmed was involved in that one, so that's nice to see. There were a lot of mm-hmm. new guys getting looks out there. So we got um, Ballantine. We already talked about him a little bit. Jonathan Abram, uh, the safety, he got looks on special teams specifically. He was wearing the forty-four. I was very worried when I saw forty-four flashing around <laughs> on special teams. It reminded me of Ty Summers, and I was like, this guy very much doesn't look like Ty Summers. Is this Ballantine or is this Abrams? I had to look it up in game. Um, but Darius Hamilton got called up. You have the whole situation with Isaiah McDuffie, like quote unquote, starting. He didn't actually get the start because the Packers came out and penny the entire first drive. It'll be interesting to see kind of the stat splits to see how often McDuffie was actually on the field because it felt like they leaned a whole lot more into the three safety stuff than they had mm-hmm. in the past. Their dime. Yep. Um, maybe even nickel. I, I wasn't paying that close of attention in terms of the personnel. Yeah, it it did seem like they were having they were all rolling Savage out as the the slot corner in the nickel and having Ford out there as the as the fifth DB and then putting I don't know, was was it Ballantine maybe on out there on dime? Um, I think it was I think it no... was Nixon, but then they oh yeah 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 but for a couple of those a couple dime... of those late plays maybe with like when they went to quarter and went to seven DBs that was probably when Ballantine got on hey. 
it was weird because Nixon would come in and dime, but then Savage would revert back to safety because then Amo would be the drop down. So it was like the like last year's three safety stuff, where it was basically just nickel with Adrian Amos playing inside linebacker. It was kind of like that. So it that it was a kind of a weird flip. I mean, they for for all the crap that we're giving Joe Barry and yeah, the team hasn't been very aggressive in certain situations. I understand that's frustrating. The second half of this season, they have been a lot different than they were the first week, where they're just sitting back in quarters the entire time. It really felt like probably somewhere around that Jets game is when, when a lot of stuff started changing up for them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the little bit more creativity at least. And and that's encouraging. <laughs> I'm actually surprised Dallas didn't run more. And I understand Yeah, they Green Bay kind of caught him with the lucky break, right? Like Zeke was questionable coming into this game. It felt like when I was talking to RJ and all that stuff, like people in Dallas felt like, he was going to be able to go. And then it's Pollard starting. Um, and Pollard is a guy who, you know, in Zeke's absence has talked about, like, I can't carry an entire running game by myself, even coming off of, you know, they they were just coming off of extended rest, but he still kind of needs that second guy to help spell him a little bit. So yeah. um, the fact that Zeke couldn't go, I felt like was kind of a nice matchup for them specifically. I mean, they haven't been able to stop the run most of this year. And now you have Isaiah McDuffie, who is, bench in the first half or first probably drive of last game and then didn't come back into play until Chris Barnes went out. Now Campbell and Barnes are out. Um kind of felt they lucked out. Uh hopefully one of those two or both of them are going to be ready by next week because Derrick Henry is coming. Yeah and and that's coming on Thursday. That's only four days yes. away. We I, I yeah Before, we gotta so get... today today is their Wednesday is, is yeah. what he said to the players after the game. So yeah, lo- would love to see Campbell back out there and and have him um able to be a little more a little bit more physical in the run game than uh, than McDuffie for sure. The the one thing that killed them in the run game, those stupid ass draws. Oh my every god! Time, every time, second and long draw, drink. Like Jesus. At least Lowry got held on one of them, so yep. it, it stopped a first down conversion on one of them, but. Outside of that, that was their best defensive effort on those draws all night, it felt like. like yeah. At least the benefit of playing Derrick Henry is that he doesn't play a lot of third downs for them because right. like they just don't use him in the shotgun. They don't like throwing the ball to him for whatever reason. Um, so it'll be not Henry running these draws against the Packers. That's at least one benefit. I know the Titans' offensive line is a little banged up, so hopefully they can take advantage of that. Yeah. Jeez. How how are we feeling just in general from this game? I felt this is the I, they didn't. Pl- I know people are like they got to put together two quarters. They haven't done that all season. It didn't feel like they really put together or not two quarters, two halves. It didn't yeah. really feel like they put together two full halves. But this is like the most competitive version of them that I've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, like for sure on both sides, definitely. And I, I, I we've we've gone this way without even really addressing the fact that Christian Watson had three touchdowns today and had a hundred yeah. yards receiving and and officially had his breakout. And I, I feel like you saw in this game a little bit of what the Packers have been talking about these last two weeks with having these plays and packages for him and not being able to use them because he got concussed two weeks ago and then he got knocked out with a you know, knocked the wind out of him last week and pulled for the concussion eval and and they chose to sit him down last week. Um I feel like you see a little bit of finally those flashes of, of what he can bring to this offense, because the first one, right. Nine ball um, off of play action makes a, a really nice over the shoulder catch manages to stand his feet, get in the end zone. That's a great play. But I think the other two touchdowns were just, you know, pure speed on, on like deep crosser on the second kind of shallow crosser across the the front of the end zone on the, on the third one. And just how that sheer pure speed that he has challenges the defense and, um, and, and allows him to, to find his way open. And that's something that they haven't had all, all this season. And, and really for, for years, you know, since pre Jordy ACL, maybe like, that's that's a totally different dimension, and it, it does make me feel more encouraged about this offense, combined with the fact that they really did lean on the running game and play action and, and went under center a little more. 
this is way far and away the best I felt about this offense all all season long. Yeah, the under center stuff again is a big deal. I I, I really do think we're going to be looking back, you know, in the off season or whatever, and saying like that that two week stretch against what was it like Washington and the Jets after the thumb mm-hmm. injury? Yeah, like that's just kind of they were clearly dealing with Aaron Rodgers' thumb, and that yeah. definitely impacted them being able to go under center. One last thing I want to talk about before we get into vibe checks. I've done the sicko stats. I've looked at 538. <laughs> so the Packers coming into this game, somehow they had a 1% chance to win the division. Still don't know in what world there's a 1% chance that they can well, win the not, not anymore. Not after there, that. There's got to be no way. Not not after that insanity in the uh, the Minnesota-Buffalo game. Crazy. God. Oh, crazy. God. The, the, the craziest play to me is still, like, so – Josh Allen dropped the ball backed up at the one yard line into the end zone for a safety. And that was maybe not the worst ball management from under center in the game because Kirk Cousins took that snap from the goal line and then just did not move his back foot and just fell backwards. That's that's the weirdest snap I've ever seen him take. And I've seen Kirk Cousins kneel the ball when he was supposed to spike it before. Right. Um, All right. Enough about that. The Packers coming into the game. They had a 4% chance of making it into the wild card as one of the wild card teams, oh right? one God. of the teams playing away as the wild card. It is now up to 13%. So we have tripled okay. our chance of making it into the wild card. This right. is kind of what the outlook for the NFC is looking like right now, right? The Seahawks are up two games on the Niners, right? They're six and four. The Niners are four and four. The Niners currently, as we're recording this, are losing against the Chargers on um, Sunday night football. So we'll call them the West winners. We'll call the Eagles who are undefeated still and now have a three-game lead over the Dallas Cowboys as the East winners. Um, the Buccaneers aren't looking great, but if you look at the rest of the – let's just say uh, an unnamed T- NFC South team. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's It's it's going to be Tampa, but it, Tampa they're going to end up with Tampa is 5-5, and like... five, and they have an 83% chance of making the playoff. It's crazy. <sighs> it's crazy. And then obviously the Vikings at 8-1, and one, right? So who does that leave us in the wild card hunt? So it's the Cowboys at six and three, the Giants at seven and two, and then that third spot right now would be the Niners, who are currently on pace again as we're recording. Maybe this changes after the fact. On pace to be four and five. There's only a half game difference between them and and the Packers. Yep. So it's like you have this cluster of like the Niners, the Commanders, the Packers, and the Cardinals. Those are the only teams that even have half as much of a chance as the Packers to get into the wild card, right? Like the Rams are three and six. They're at 6% right now. That's not great. So if you're looking at those teams, I think the Packers are a better team than the commanders. I know we lost, obviously the head to head is going to yeah. be a factor there. I don't think the Cardinals are very good. And then are we just on like, do the Niners collapse alert? And then if, if one of these other teams, like I don't think anyone really thinks the Giants are that good? Like, what if the Giants collapse? Yeah. Four games? Four game difference? I don't know. We're we're not dead. We're not. <laughs> we'll we're put it that way. a little bit more alive. We're, and RJ was saying that, too. RJ yeah. Ochoa was like, I hate more than anything that we, like, breathe life <laughs> into this team to make the playoffs. Because, yeah, I mean... They might see us in the playoffs again or something. Yeah, like last last week we were we were the guy from the Monty Python and the Holy Grail bit, right? Like, yeah. I'm not dead. Um, not now we're actually you know viably there, there's there's maybe a path there. So, um, it's it's going to take something close to around the table again to to get to what nine and eight or whatever the the math works out to now. I mean, we've still got again Tennessee but coming then, in this Thursday. Like our competition like, is the Niners. Yeah, they're only uh, by Thursday. We might have more wins than the Niners. Are we already? Do we already have? No, we're four and six. Yeah, by Thursday we might have more wins than the Niners. Yeah, it's the, possible. The path the pathway is 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 there. It's feasible. So we're not if, dead yet. If the Packers win on Thursday night, their <laughs> odds jump up to twenty two percent. Okay, not not quite double, but close to double. There's a yeah. chance. Yeah, we're, we're alive. As much <laughs> as you guys wanted to quit, I cursed out uh, Archon earlier in the ACC Slack. <laughs> I said, "How dare you? You try to trade Aaron Jones away from me." And then he was like, "Yeah," and I try to shut down Christian Watson too. 
So that's a double loss for me. <laughs> it, it was a weird competition between. I, I thought it was going to be the Rudy Ford game. Yeah, and now it feels like it's the Christian Watson game. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, it R- Rudolph delivering presents. It is officially the holiday season, so that's we we got that going for us. But no, Rudy had a Rudy had a hell of a game. I know he made that missed tackle on the um, the first CD Lamb touchdown, but those two picks, um, the first one. You know, Dalton Schultz ran a bad route, was supposed to clear him out, bent it over way too shallow, and and Rudy jumped it and, and picked it. Um, but but both of those great plays by him and and nice to see him step up when finally given a chance to play a little bit more of an expanded role. Jair got scored on, and there was that big yeah. reaction of like is Jair washed. And <laughs> I cannot believe that was an actual discussion. I mean he was basically isolated on himself. The The receiver was in a nub split, so he was cut into the formation, um, had a whole lot of space on the sideline to work, and then he ran a, a post corner. And it's like, if you can run a double move that deep, that's a pass rush problem. That has mm-hmm. nothing to do with whoever the DB is out there. And they had, I think it was Garvin and Ladarius Hamilton where the pass rush was on that play, <laughs> and then two defensive tackles who just – didn't do anything and it was like of course that's what's gonna happen the one thing i do worry about a little bit just going down the stretch of this season because i think we saw at times how bad this pass rush was in this game yeah kenny we need you kenny yeah i need some kenny like sacks yeah he finally got he did get one today he had the one um up when when dallas was backed up to the goal line um Mm. midway through the fourth quarter and um, so, so he got that one for, it was only a loss of one or two yards, but, um, but yeah, he tracked down, uh, tracked down Prescott when he was trying to escape the pocket and, and got him down. So I don't know, maybe we've seen it for Kenny where they, his sacks kind of tend to come in bunches. So yeah. I'm hoping maybe this is, you know, hoping getting one due. will, yeah, getting one will get him, get him moving a little bit and, and we'll see a, a nice little burst from him the next couple of weeks. And the times are doing dumb stuff. Like they got a little bit of a taste <laughs> of Malik Willis and now they can't stop it. Yeah. So now they're doing like the weird like Malik is coming in for one play and he'll fumble the ball, like weird rotation <laughs> stuff. So, oh, Taysom Hill I am, game I all over again. Yeah, yeah, I embrace it. Bring it to me. Let's do Give it. me the weird Malik Willis packages for yeah. however many hours you have to practice between now and Thursday. So, um, let's take a break and then we'll get into vibe checks. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. And we're back. All right. Offensive side. I felt really good about where the offensive line was today. Yeah. We didn't hear anything about Micah Parsons. Nope. And we we talked about about Von Miller. Yeah. It's crazy. They, we, they, we talked about it, do. we talked about it at halftime a little bit. Some of that was, I think, the the, the leaning on the run game as heavily as they did, yeah. kind of taking them out of it and and not giving them that many opportunities to to rush the passer, um, you know, and then running play action off of that. I mean, Rogers only had twenty pass attempts in this game, uh, twenty one, twenty two t- total dropbacks. Um, I think he had like the, six at the half or something. Like yeah, that. it was it was six pass attempts at, at halftime. Um, and then you look through the numbers, right? Aaron Jones, 24 carries, 138 yards. Aaron or AJ Dillon, 13 carries, 65 yards. Like this is. And AJ, this is, AJ is beating the, the, uh, Plodzilla allegations for another week. 
Yeah. <laughs> he looked he looked good today. He, he did a yeah. couple that had, a, had, a, had no business getting that many yards. Had a 17 yarder, five yards per carry average. Like that, that'll that'll work hundred percent. So um I, I feel like this is what we sort of thought the platonic ideal of this offense should look like, right? Heavy dose of the run game, uh mixing in the two backs, a little bit under center, a little bit of that play action and and getting some big plays off of the off the play action. So I, I felt again, this was easily I think the most complete performance and um and the fact that they did a lot of that under under pressure down 14 in the fourth quarter you know coming back and scoring two fourth quarter touchdowns um when this team has known to to turtle when they get punched in the mouth that was that was really encouraging so again best i felt about this offense in a while uh our third down machine randall cobb hopefully back next week like put me at like a seven and a half right now um I, I I feel good and, and I might just be riding the high a little bit right now, but um against Tennessee, I think this this team could threaten for another 30 point game. The one thing that the Packers have kind of struggled with is when you get a really good interior defensive lineman, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's kind of I think that's kind of what killed them against um both the Giants and the Jets, right? And Dallas really doesn't have that. Like they have a great edge rusher, they got a bunch of good DBs and stuff like that, but We'll see what the status of Jeffrey Simmons is going to be coming yep. into this game. I know it's a short week. I know he was banged up this week. Um, I know, you know, Bud Dupree and those guys are banged up too. So it'll be interesting. I was, what, what do you think this line is? Titans at Packers. I, I bet it's going to open it something like a pick em. It's Packers one and a half. I felt like that was too low. Wow. Huh. Feels too low. Feels like it should be three. I don't, I don't really know. get it. Yeah. I, what what do I worry about on the Titans? They have yeah, less weapons. They have fewer weapons it's, at receiver than us. Yeah, they have you're, a more banged the, up offensive line. The only thing you, I guess you can be worried about is the Derrick Henry game, right? Does he yeah. just decide to go ham and, you know, put up one of his 250-yard uh, solo performances? That's that's the – but, but yeah, that's the biggest threat, right? Yeah, By far. it has to be. So. It has to be. It'll be interesting to see because now LaFleur gets back-to-back former head coaches on the defensive side of the ball mm. in five days between, you know, Dan Quinn calling plays for for the Cowboys defense and now Mike Rabel. Um, I'm happy for Watson. I'm genuinely yes. happy for him because the back-to-back drops, then they show the montage of like, and in week <laughs> one, and it's like, oh, great. Like, Yeah, here we go again. Three touchdowns, he does a backflip. Aaron Rodgers after the game is like, him and LaFleur both said, you know, we went up to him and we're like, we're still going to throw to you. Like we have these plays in the playbook. So be ready when you need to do that. And um, Rogers even talked about how it seems like him and Romeo Dobbs are, you know, they're rookies, like the negative stuff, like really impacts them and stuff like that. And they get down on themselves a little bit. So it's nice to see him just get a win, just get on base. Yeah. I know PFF Mike, Mike Renner um, tweeted out that, <laughs> I think it was after that drop that 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 the back-to-back drop series um where it was Watkins or or Watson beyond the sticks had had one catch and three drops this season yeah. and it's like just a lot of those moments and it was just nice to see him get a dub. Yeah, for sure. And again, especially with, you know, obviously that first play and then, you know, all these injuries that he's been dealing with all season and you know five of them, man. God. he's been hurt five times he, and he almost went out in this game too yeah he i was got, <laughs> he got stepped on and then they were like he's holding his be- multiple beat reporters were like he's holding his lower back as he's going into the tent like how do you hurt your lower back when you get stepped on i was yeah just but bubble wrap no. this guy until game day, Please. yeah but no, it's, it, it was, I'm happy for the kid. And again, I know we've, we've talked ad nauseum about, you know, the trade up of, of two second round picks to take him and the use of the resources and stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, we're still going to cheer for the kid. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it was, it was really exciting to, to see him finally deliver on, on all of that promise that, that he carries. So good on you, Kristen. Well done. So I'm feeling, you said like seven, seven and a half, seven, seven and a half. Yeah. That's where I'm about with this offense right now. Let's go to the defensive side. I know the defense allowed some points, but I feel better about the direction that the team is moving in, if that makes mm-hmm. any sense. I know 
at least in the short term, right? Like they're not going to have Gary this year, right? We yep. all know that. Um, it felt like moving Savage at to the nickel and having Rudy Ford play safety was better for the defense. It felt like they knew yep. with McDuffie that they were like, all right, we don't want to use him every down if we can help it. So let's just jam up another defensive lineman. The one thing that did kind of hurt them a little bit in doing this, and it'll be interesting to see if they keep doing this once, you know, these inside linebackers get healthy or whatever, is they were so, instead of just like sitting in nickel all game or sitting in base, which is for the most part kind of what they've done all season, they were so specific with matching personnel packages to the offense's personnel or the down and distance that mm-hmm. the Cowboys were able to do all that stuff in the first half where they were able to go hurry up, no huddle, and just get right back up on the ball. And now it's like it's third and short and you're in your nickel and you're like, oh, crap, we don't have the bodies to to stop this play. Or they catch it with 12 guys on the field a couple of times and stuff. Or, you know, Lafleur had that one where he thought he called a timeout. It wasn't a timeout. And it's like, yeah, that kind of sucks. But this defense right now is kind of held together by, you know, bubble gum and string at this <laughs> point. So at least yep. they're trying stuff to kind of mask – their you know deficiencies and hopefully once they get their personnel back that only makes them better right they just have more tools in 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 the toolbox yeah i the one thing i was trying to and i i I didn't watch for it as much as i would have liked to is to see if they tried to run any any sort of interesting like blitz packages or games with the front to try to manufacture any pressure was there anything that like stood out to you there because the only thing was nothing just coming yeah I didn't, I didn't see anything and I, I wasn't watching as closely as I was, as I was looking, as I was hoping to. So, um, yeah, Savage coming on blitzes a lot was, was the one like noticeable thing to me, but didn't seem like they tried to do a whole lot to, um, I don't know, confuse the, the offensive line a little bit and, and manufacture pressure. That might be something that they have to wait for until, you know, Campbell comes back. Cause that's something that yeah. we always talked about with Campbell and Walker. It's like, right. They're so big. You can get into these funky fronts where, you know, you're playing Penny from like a alignment standpoint, but out of nickel personnel and you just have to have, you know, a, a guy like Campbell or Walker basically play the edge, which they're big enough to do that. But when you only yep. have one guy and they're not confident enough in McDuffie to have him <laughs> out there down to down, like do you want him playing middle linebacker like that? Like, I don't, yep. I don't know. That's, that's a tough decision. So yep. I think that's probably something that's going to have to happen in the future. I mean, these injuries again are going to be a pretty big deal. Last week, what it was seventeen guys on the Wednesday injury report. We're said today, right, to his players. Today is Wednesday, so yep. we'll, we'll see what pops up tomorrow. I mean, these guys are basically going to have to have no break, right? Yeah, I think that's that's where I'm most concerned moving forward is is if they can if they can find a way to get some pressure on the quarterback without without Rashawn Gary, and that's exactly what we expected coming out of last week. Yeah, uh, after you know after the injury. Uh, took place so um no but i agree i think the secondary you know looks savage in the slot ford kind of playing a little more deep safety rasul back on the outside that all seemed to work pretty well for the most part Um, i know there was a drive or two that they you know they struggled to get off the field there was like that 17 play eight minute drive whatever it was to yeah um across the first and second quarters but again you, you mentioned a lot of that was some of that tempo stuff and and personnel matching and um and, and they got into i think they give up what two or three first downs on like quarterback sneaks on that drive too so yeah. um you're not going to get that you know every that game was the with, drive with another hell. yeah um and and i'm i'm just encouraged that that i'm glad that came early and, and in a scoreless game and not you know in the fourth quarter when you know the packers are trying to fight to stay alive uh yeah. and they were able to actually get a get a couple of stops i mean look they they got the stops they needed to in the fourth quarter in overtime and that's that's fundamentally kind of what it comes down to plus forced a couple turnovers to uh to get some points on the board and um you know in this in early in this or late in the second half so um it's hard to feel too down even though they did give up 28 points i mean all year we talked about how this is a team that they're not even playing that poorly right like what was it last game every every drive went into enemy territory and stuff yep it's like they're not even playing that poorly. It's just like when it matters, the plays aren't breaking their way. And then yep. it's like they get the, that pressure on Dak, right? Fourth down. Yep. And it's like, oh, my God, this is what this team <laughs> has been missing this entire year. Like that's the difference of these ball games. It's 
a tight game. It's kind yeah. of how this thing is built. So, yeah, it goes back to that one score game theory, right? Yeah, that's that those things go either way based on you know a play here, a play there, and and those those close games like this are are really just kind of coin flips. This was the first ever loss by Dallas when they held a fourteen point lead in the fourth quarter. That just popped up on Sunday Night Football at the halftime, watching e- ever and, like, yeah ever that's e- what it ever. Said. Ever, ever? That's what it said. Ever, that's that's crazy. Yeah. And again, like I keep coming back to the fact that how many times has this, this team gotten down by two touchdowns and just fallen apart and gone into a yeah. shell? Um, there were two chances. It was being down fourteen in the fourth quarter, and it was yep. um, the fumbled play. They had yeah. two opportunities to just completely just be like Cabo on three, one, two, three, Cabo. Yep. Like, and and they didn't do it. Rudy, Rudy, yep. man. Pretty forward. Saved our season. <laughs> Shouts to Goot. Remember yep. that next time you guys ask, has Goot done anything? Is Goot any good? He got that guy for free. It's yes. funny because I know a buddy who uh, he's a beat writer for Jacksonville, right? And he was telling me, he's like, dude, when Rudy Ford is in the locker room, he thinks like he's a starting caliber safe. Like he <laughs> did not understand why he wasn't getting starting safety reps with the Jaguars. And they were like, no, you're here to play special teams. You're like our third string safety and now he's got the opportunity to show it and yeah he's doing good for himself for sure up. definitely you yeah haven't made your bed yet but yeah good good man what the the pro personnel department in green bay has something between what Campbell if, last what if they year were secretly good the entire time and they just oh never god. got the opportunity to show it oh my gosh like <laughs> yeah just just ted never bothered to to try to put in waiver claims or, or acquire any of these guys midseason. But I mean, you just think back in the last 18 months, right? Devondre Campbell signed him in June for basically peanuts has an all pro season. Rasul Douglas pick him up off the Cardinals practice squad ends up almost being a pro bowler last season. Um, now both of those guys are, you know, key starters. Rudy Ford comes in with, with this kind of game. Um, Keyshawn Nixon's been been having a big uh, a big season in in some mm-hmm. spot duty here and there, um, so yeah. What I, I know we've you know a lot of people are are kind of ragging on Goot and the the personnel department for some some draft misses, but you can't complain about what they've done with the pro personnel department. No, they and I think that they've nailed their free agents too, like the the big yeah. money guys that they've signed, like. Aaron Billy. Jones is still the you know, still the guy that serves the drink. They're keeping him. You yeah. mentioned, yeah, you're going to say Billy Turner. Yeah, Billy, Billy developed while yep. he was in Green Bay. They saw something that a lot of people didn't. Yeah, saw something a lot of people didn't. And Amos, then, you know, Amos, been rock solid the entire time. Zadarius, yeah. when Zadarius signed that contract, people were like, "He signed." What are you doing? Yeah. yeah, it it wasn't like I know like PFF had him like highly graded for like one year basically, but people mm-hmm. nationally were like. Wait, he's getting as much as Preston Smith? Why is Zadarius like that yeah. was a real thing that people were saying? They're like, why is Zadarius Smith getting as much money as Preston? And Zadarius is great. So yeah, yeah. I mean, they they've done a great job, I think. Um, yeah. defense, I feel dude, I don't even feel like losing Stokes is that bad at this point. Yeah. Like, I I know a couple more injuries and I regret that severely, but like as of right now. Doesn't feel that bad. I know they got to get healthier inside linebacker, especially um, hopefully by this Tennessee game. But I don't know. This is like the best. Inter- I know they just got 28 points scored on, but this is like the most cohesive I've seen this defense so far. They're doing more things. They know where to play, guys. I understand mm-hmm. their outside linebackers are terrible, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, where does that put you at? Like. Six, like an eight? Six, six and a half, seven, seven for I me. Like I an eight. I feel at, like but, yeah. the the one thing, if any of the veteran pass rushers get moody on Twitter, yeah, I need us <laughs> to collude. I need to give up a draft pick colluding <sighs> for that pass rusher because that we, really could be uh, the difference. If we can find this year's Whitney Merciless, that would go a long, long Who are way. the worst teams in the NFL? Like the Steelers? Who could we... I mean, yeah, Steelers, Highsmith, just Raiders, Alex Houston, Highsmith leave. Yeah, like Houston's terrible. Um, that's those are your those are your only two what two win teams left at this point, yeah. right? Well, and Vegas just won 
Oh, no, Vegas lost to the, that's right. They lost to the Jeff Saturday led Colts today. So yeah, yeah Vegas is in complete free fall. You think they're bad. Derek Carr Bay, cried man. in the presser. Oh, Devontae, this Devontae is, you left. This us. is what you signed up for. This what is you what wanted. you signed up for. Was it worth it? Uh, Was it worth it? We would have paid you more money. Um, <laughs> special teams. I don't Amari. feel like we have that much to say other than Amari. Amari. We just can't. And they even talked about it like after the game, LaFleur was like, he just tries so hard and he's such a nice guy. And it's like, look, that's what had us when we had like Mo Drayton, a special teams coordinator, and we just fail every week. And we're like, he seems like a nice dude. That doesn't mean that he could do his job well, though. And I don't think Amari could do his job well. He has, I think it's five fumbles this year, which is the most of any non-quarterback in the NFL. Any non-quarterback. That's running backs who are touching the ball 200 and times a year. Exactly. How many touches does he have this season to have five fumbles? It's oh absurd. my God. I think like, we're now over the count again where he has more, he has more career fumbles, fumbles. than he has receptions. God. Like, look, you can, I will go out there and try hard. People have said that I'm a nice guy. Like I, I can't do any worse than Amari has done at this point, catching punts and, and holding on to the football. And he had the bobble, which like doesn't even count in the statue. Yeah, that one too. Oh my god, he just popped it up to himself. <sighs> the the so. thing that sucks is YouTube TV is like probably a half play behind of like the actual broadcast. So I'm watching this on YouTube TV. Uh-huh. I have my location slung. It thinks I'm in a lake in the middle of Madison, Wisconsin, right? And I see you guys in the APC Slack, and it's, it's... just after it's like a punt. I have <sighs> to watch the Slack because it's like oof or just all caps amari and i'm like dude no way <laughs> that was that was me the last two weeks when i had to watch on sunday ticket and um same thing that that stream is what probably a play and a half behind you know full almost 90 seconds yeah and it's it's painful like trying to trying to keep up with it and and not have i i, I always tell everybody get the, get an antenna just Get it on your if you've got the the local broadcast, put it on your uh you know put it on through the antenna. You're not going to have the lag, and then you're not going to be stuck behind all the rest of us on on Slack and Twitter and and whatever. Um, that that it drives me nuts, and so I feel your pain there because it was that was me the last couple of weeks. Other than that, I felt like special teams was good. I don't even remember a punt, which I don't know if I just blacked them out. I'm sure they happened. I know we had a three and out at one point. Yeah. Um, Definitely at the end of the game. Yeah. So I'm just forgetting about him. Um, yeah. Had O'Donnell, one- O'Donnell had four. He had four punts apparently in this Goodness. game, but uh, he dropped three of them inside the 20. So oh, keeping boy. up that, uh, that nice streak. Yeah. The only, the only player I can even like think of criticizing outside of Amari was just that long kick return and yeah, whatever it happens sometimes. And, <laughs> Well, it happen again. So, and Turp- Turpin's an explosive re- return guy. Um, yeah. I think I said in my in my specific prediction this week, I thought he'd have a big one on on a punt return. Well, he got a big one on a kick return instead. I'm just really, I was bracing for for the one, um, you know, fairly late. I, don't, I think there was a punt in the fourth quarter, and I was just bracing like, oh god, don't let this be the point where my prediction comes true, and you know, he returns with <laughs> 60 yards or something, or, or takes it back to the house. So. Um, yeah, thankfully, you know, O'Donnell lofted that one, forced a fair catch inside the 20 and, and we were in good shape. So Amari, if he's out of the job, if Randall Cobb comes back, takes punts, or if you keep Keisha Nixon back, the one I got to say the, the Keisha, the first Keisha Nixon punt return where he caught it, like almost one handed over his head at the five yard line. (laughs) That was the, that was the classic Kristen Michael. Like I got to show coach something. Uh huh. If if they don't let him be punt returner because of that, I'm gonna freak out. Yeah, I don't know I mean, what because I'm not gonna boycott these games. I'm gonna watch these games until I die. But I don't know what we can do to turn <laughs> public pressure onto the Packers to make them not play Amari Rodgers. But we got to figure out some creative way to make sure it does not happen. This is one of those situations where the front af- front office has to save the coaching staff from itself and get him off the 53 man roster so that they cannot play him. Um, I, mean, I don't. know. Randall Cobb is coming back off of yeah. injured reserve. How many of these wide receivers are you going to keep? Just, just do you just need do seven? It. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully, oh, no big yeah. injuries in this game. Hopefully, Campbell yeah. comes back, and then that should go a long way against Tennessee, which has been as bad 
as our offense for the most part this year. Probably worse, honestly. Yeah. So hopefully we can get that one. We'll have everything. I think on the podcast, we're going to have normal-ish schedule. I haven't heard back from uh, Sam Schwartzstein, who does you know next-gen stats. He does the Thursday night football stuff, the stat cast for them. I'm going to see if he can try to squeeze in some time for me for Intercepted this week. And if not, I think we're just going to be normal on the podcast front. Um, injury reports, you're going to get a whole lot more on Mondays and Tuesdays than you're used to. Because usually yep. Mondays – they come in and they say, wait till Wednesday. And then Tuesdays, nothing comes out. So um, get ready for news early and often. Who knows if yeah. Dobbs is going to go this week? He had a high ankle sprain. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was, that's what I was. Yeah, I was a little surprised they didn't put him on IR this weekend. I was thinking that they were going to shut him down for four weeks, get him through the bye. Right. Because they have four games up until the bye and and shut him down until after they come back. But um, by not putting him on IR, that that suggests to me that they think he'll be back before then. So, you know, keep an eye on him the next couple of weeks. Yeah. And their practice squad, they have an open spot. So they're going to be competitive um, with their tryouts probably on Tuesday, which is not an off day for them this week. Last week, we got some indications off of the uh, practice squad that like Crosby was banged up when they brought in two kickers and no one else. So keep an eye out for that because they're going to, if they need to add a body, they're going to have to do it quickly. And guys like Ballantine, like, I mean, they only recently signed with the team. So um, yep. keep your eyes open. This team's going to have to make some some funky moves. We're, we're full on in like the roster construction part of the season where it's like we're three players away from like only uh, keeping injured players inactive at this point. And that's not even including guys coming back off of IR and stuff. Yep. Hey, we did it. We beat McCarthy. We didn't <laughs> – we, we – uh... We didn't let him come back and, and get revenge on us. So that was just what, two weeks ago. This was our Super Bowl. Yeah. Now there's now there's still hope for uh for a playoff spot. Thirteen so. percent goes up to twenty two if we beat the Titans. Let's do yeah. this. Go pack Let's go. Do it. Go pack up. More to do's, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.